It's show 107 of the RimPro Report. This week, Tricia Rooney-Alden of R4 Services in Chicago and the latest industry news. The show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. O'Neill has this really cool option. on They, they display it on their website. It's called Six Appeal. Now, that kind of sounds like something else, but it really means unlimited users, unlimited web users, unlimited classroom training, technical support, unlimited networking, and no upfront software costs. That sounds quite appealing to me, and I suspect it would to you too. If it does, you can check it out at O'NeillSoft.com. I think it's about to get Pinteresting here on the RimPro Report, so what say we pin it? Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim support services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me and oh my, I have to say I'm freaking out just a little. I am because it appears that September started yesterday and today it's already the 20th. Can this even be possible? Life is rushing by faster and faster here in RimPro Report land. Uh, we're getting ready to move into a new studio in the next couple of weeks, so that might be contributing a little bit. How about you? Is it rushing for you too? Hey, did you catch last week's show with Lula Salazar? What a great and amazing story. If you missed it, I really encourage you to go back and check her story out. It was wonderful. And today is going to be just as amazing, no different. Today we're going to be chatting with Trisha Rooney Alden. Trisha is the founder and president of R4 Services in Chicago. I've known Trisha for quite a while now and love her story as well. She built a pretty amazing business in Chicago. And today I want to learn more about her and her success at are for services. But before we do, let's get caught up on the latest industry news. Looks like Shreddit continues to be in the acquisition mode. This week, Shreddit acquired another Canadian shredding company called Super Shred. Super Shred has operations in Cambridge, Ontario, and Ottawa, Ontario. In the past two years, Shreddit has acquired 18 companies, and this is one of them. Congratulations to Chris Freeman on the sale of his business to Shreddit and to shred it on the acquisition. Flex Global is an international firm that supports the pharmaceutical, biotech, and healthcare industries with document management solutions. They've just added a brand new record storage facility in Buckinghamshire in the UK. The firm already has a storage facility in Philadelphia. This new facility provides more space to support the storage of its clinical trial documents. What's so cool to me about this story is this. While many in the rim industry try to be everything to everybody, here's a company that has created a super niche and are extremely successful in it. In your own backyard, this kind of thinking and laser-like focus can be extremely valuable to your business. I encourage you to think more this way. Who can you serve and become a leading expert to? And a company such as Flex Global actually now works both sides of the Atlantic Ocean because of their hyper-specialization. 
Iron Mountain was just recognized on Information Week's list of the most innovative users of business technology. While the rank of 168th might not seem all that big a deal, Iron Mountain has made the list 10 years in a row. The honor this year came in response to the work they did in building a central uh, IT infrastructure to support the growth of its entire Latin American operations. Within this context and using the iron technology, a client of theirs, City Brazil, was able to launch a brand new credit card into the market backing on iron's technology. So congratulations to Iron Mountain on this achievement. Well, that's all for now. If you have news from your neck of the woods and want to pass it on to me, I'd love to hear from you. So hang on tight a second while I get Trisha from R4 Services on the line. Trisha Rooney Alden is the founder and president of R4 Services in Chicago. I am extremely excited to welcome her to the show today. Trisha, are you there? I am here. Uh, welcome. It's so good to have you on the show. Let's go back. You've just completed college. You're 23, and you decide to take a uniquely different path than probably most of your fellow graduates. Tell me about your path at that point. When I graduated from college, I started working at a public relations firm. Yeah. And um, I really enjoyed it. enjoyed servicing my clients with all different sorts of tasks. I would uh, represent them in many different ways. And what I learned about myself is I liked, I liked interesting projects and to make my clients satisfied with the end result. Uh, with that, I, I thought it would be fun to start my own business. And it, what didn't want to be, I didn't want it to be in public relations. I thought it would be a service business of some kind. Hmm. Kind of went on the hunt for service businesses and wound up buying a storage company that had one records management account. And at, with that, I decided to, um, I looked around at all of the storage and I thought, this looks really interesting and wanted to find out what other people did with records. And at that point, went around to see all different records management companies and talk to my friends that owned and ran businesses to see what their companies did with records Yeah, and decided to take a big leap into an industry I knew nothing about uh, other than how to service people and to listen to what their needs are and to get the job done. So you just, you're 23 at the time? You're 23 at the time. Yeah, I'm 23 when I bought the business. Okay, so take me back because at 23... uh, I I graduated from college at 21. I started working in May about a week after I started graduating, after I graduated, and I worked at uh, the PR firm for a year. Yeah. And one of my clients was Governor Clinton. Oh. And I left and took a leave of absence after a year with the firm and worked as the as an advanced person for him in different cities doing events for him. Wow. After doing that for several months, I migrated into being a finance uh, deputy finance chair for the Democratic National Committee here in Illinois. Wow. And as soon as we won, uh, the decision was, do you go to Washington with him? Do you think about a career in politics for yourself? (laughs) And I really wanted to start my own business. It was a big push during the campaign for women businesses. Yeah. uh, That made me think. And before I started, before I took a leave of absence with my firm to go to work for him, I thought, I want to start my own. I, I think it'd be fun to start my own business. 
And my parents were marveled at how hard I worked, and they would say to me, like, you should, if you're going to do this, you might as well do this for yourself. So you, you buy, But at 23, yeah, okay, so you've got, you've got some pretty significant chops from working on a national campaign, and you, you obviously, at 22, you learned a whole lot in that environment, but you go out and buy a business at 23. How did you come up with the capacity? Or no, most 23-year-olds aren't out buying businesses. No, I, I what I wound up doing was um, borrowing money from my parents yeah. and buying the business. And the business, you know, wasn't, it had eight accounts. And they were buckets and books, and they had one law firm that's still our, a law firm today. I kept all the clients because it helped me pay my rent for right. the storage facility, and I started building. And like I said, I went to go see my competitors and how they did it. Yeah. And I, what, I, what I was really excited about was coming at it from a service angle that wasn't a traditional service angle to the records management business. At the time, so this is almost 20 years ago, Yeah. Our business was very stagnant, and people weren't into service. They would store the documents, and they would just keep them there and love that they wouldn't move. Right. So my take on the whole business when I started was people want these boxes to move. Nobody's ever given them the opportunity to say, hey, we're going to really manage them for you. We're going to put them on a software program, and we're going to deliver them in a rush basis or delivery basis and, and really kind of push the envelope on service. Uh, and, and and continued, once I got to know what my clients wanted, to add services as clients would say, I would love it if somebody would index my records. Like, I have eight record center people, but we don't have time to index boxes within yeah. the files, and would you do that for us? And we said yes. And I think what, um, what made my approach different, and maybe it was a, a mistake on my part, I don't think it was, I said yes to everything. And then okay. I figured out the best approach to handle things. And with my experience with the PR firm I worked for, which is a client of mine now, and working for President Clinton, yeah. what I learned is if you know how to work the phone and call people and get things done, you can find the best way to, to service and to handle any project you need to get done in a short period of time. And right. I would always be able to deliver things ahead of schedule with my which my clients liked which wasn't traditional in the yeah. records industry and deliver boxes efficiently and try and organize them better than they were at the time the records client the law firm that we had um, didn't have an inventory of all the records online and they just had index cards so we put that in a software program we we bought a records software program called record center software from Daniel Benner who's since then passed away, and then eventually migrated. I was an early mentee of Lee Miller's okay. in the industry, yeah. yeah. and he was one of the you know early people I had met at Prism and Arma, and really, really thought he was just a smart, hardworking man, and learned a lot from him. In fact, I was with him last week in Cleveland, yeah, and and just kind of like took every single client and said okay, what would you like us to do? And not didn't do a cookie-cutter approach. And then once we assembled a number of clients, then we came up with a nice framework of like, okay, here are all of the services, and slowly built my team as we grew in size. Yeah. So how, how did you grow in size in those early years? Because you, you get into this industry, you 
kind of start figuring out what to do, uh, how to do it, that you had a different position. But how then do you go out and start building that business? Was it a lot of referral stuff or did you just go pound the pavement? No, I just pound the pavement. Really? I called every person I knew that I had ever worked with or knew of or asked people to introduce me to people and said, can I please come and see you and can I find out what you do or your company does for records management? Right. I still do that today. Wow. But that's really what I spent most of my time doing, getting the record center ready so people could come for tours. Yeah. And I had this open door policy of come and look at our record center, feel free to walk through whenever you want, use our conference rooms. So I just got the facility really clean where the record center was. Um, I started calling it a record center and not a warehouse. <laughs> I really just pounded the pavement. Wow, very cool. And it really had people like had to take a leap of faith because they would all say to me, well, you're not from this industry and how do you know what to do? <laughs> and slowly started to prove myself. And, and you know, it took time. And now I, I do get lots of business by referral and clients telling other clients, oh, this is who we use and we love them. Right. And so that's great. But that took about, I'd say, seven to ten years to get really good referrals and people say, oh, they're, you know, I think they're the best in Chicago or I think they're the best in Illinois or they'll help you with. And now we have so many services that we have some clients. I mean, most of our clients use all of our services, but we have some clients that use us for destruction now and don't use us for records management or try us in one area and then expand to another. Yeah. So fast forward to today, what does R4 look like today in terms of size, services, scope, employees? Give us a, a sort of a quick picture of, of R4 today. So today we have, when I started, I had hired my first employee that's still here with me today, Greg Smitus, my general manager. Yeah. And uh, today, R4 is about 35 uh, employees in three record centers, and we manage over a million boxes of records. Wow. And we have about 600 clients, and I'd say we get about five to ten new clients a month, varying sizes. Wow. And we're, we're do, we have plant-based shredding, we do indexing, we do scanning. And we do anything our clients need us to right. do. Yeah. So we go well, and that, we, that sounds we like prune, it's part of your DNA. We prune files out of file cabinets. We prune files out of, out of hospital facilities. And we consult a lot. We do, um, we do a decent amount of free consulting to yeah. kind of get clients to come over. Right. And, and we're open. We're open to saying, okay, well, we want to learn from you. So how do you like it done? And this is how we've done it. And now it's nice because we have the experience of 20 years and we yeah. can sit down as a team and say, how do we best think we can do this? Yeah. And we do things like clients will ask us to actually move records from facility to facility because they trust and know that we know how to inventory things and move things around in an efficient way and a cost-effective way. Today we have a client coming through that has 310,000 boxes that wants to move them and we're so excited. So oh, wow. every, all of the... We're going to walk them through all three record centers, and that doesn't, you don't get a client like that all too often. No, that's Especially sweet. the past three or four years, you don't see a lot of big ones. Yeah. You know, under 100,000, probably once a year, and then lots of, you know, varying sizes throughout yeah. the year. 50 to 1,000 are, are, are bread and butter stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So why the name R4? What's that all about? 
So R4, when I originally started the company, I knew I'd want to take it in lots. I'd want to expand my services. So I didn't want to be pigeonholed to a name that said just records. Right. So I named it R4, which is reliable, resourceful, responsive, and reasonable. And I actually, which kind of correlated, which I thought was really nice, is my family is amazing and I have three siblings and myself. So uh, Rooney, four children, thought it would bring me some luck. Okay. <laughs> and it has. So. Wow. That's cool. So and I knew that at some point someone in the family would want to come and work with me. And I, I always thought it could be my brother, Sean, and it wound up being my brother, Sean, when he graduated from Notre Dame. He could have done anything he wanted, and he wanted to come to work at our company. And at the time, I subcontracted out all of our destruction. And what he did was bring in the dis- – we rolled it in and finally bought that Allegheny, Allegheny shredder that we looked at for 15 years and, <laughs> and got that business rolling because I always felt like that was a, a big undertaking and would grow fast, and, and it has. Yeah. I mean, we have thousands of bins out at our 600 clients that we rotate for them often on top of the records that we destroy in our facilities. And if I look at the, the biggest change in our industry, which I love, is that people are staying on top of their inventories. Yeah. I think that was economy-driven, but I also think it's a really good thing because of all the acts, HIPAA, and Sarbanes, and so people are really actively managing it, which I like. Yeah. And so we, we, we do... I'd say 50-50 bins and in-house shredding hmm. and some things that maybe never go on the shelf. So I like that, and I think it's a, a fun new development in our industry. Another one would be clients coming to our facilities and reviewing boxes more frequently, which I like. Yeah. Keeps them um, active, engaged with you then. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's just like another layer yeah. of showing them our team and making them feel that you know we know what we're doing and we're here for them. Yeah. So if, if I dig a little bit beneath the surface uh, and I, you know, just looking at your website and reading it and reading between the lines, I get the sense that you are passionate about more than just making money in business, although that's that's very valuable and viable. But you, you want to make a difference in your business, in your community, it seems like, even the way you construct your team. Tell me a little bit about your passion for doing something more than just building a business. Well, I think we really care about our people, and I've always believed and, and grew up seeing if you have a successful business, you want to nurture all of your employees and help them in every way, and you want to help the communities that you're working in yeah. in any way, if it's education or healthcare, are two of my, my passions, and, and helping our employees and their families and their children's schools and their communities that they live in, too. And I think it helps our company grow and our whole team be really actively engaged in what we're doing at work because they know everything and all of the people that they work with care, especially the owner, yeah. cares about them as a person. Yeah. So that's, that's just, uh, I think, the person that I always have been. Is I, and I look at the big picture, and I, I like to think one of my strengths is understanding people and trying to uh, you know, want to work side by side with them and, and make for a successful, even a more successful business. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and always trying to look ahead. 
Yeah, it sounds like you've done that, and that that's that's very cool. I think success leaves clues, and if I were to go searching for clues to the success you've achieved in your business and and I think in your life, what would I find in you? What clues would I find that were sort of the secrets or the the seeds of success in what's happened at R four? I think I think an aggra- a nicely aggressive, open minded, hardworking, compassionate person. Wow. Wanting to solve people's, yeah, wanting yeah. to solve people's problems and make things work smoother for them on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of honesty and integrity to go along with that. Yeah. And trying to carry that through on, a day, you know, every single day when we come to work. And I really enjoy coming to work every day. So it's hard to leave, it's hard to leave and it's, a, it's just a fun place to be. It's got lots of good energy. And I, I think most of my colleagues would say the same thing. Yeah. With that success, though, that you've achieved, and, and you gave us some numbers earlier, and, and that's significant success, but there's inevitable struggles that get you to success. Uh, there's those roadblocks that you hit that have, have forced you to do things differently or improve. What are some of the hardest things you've faced in building the business and growing it over the years? What are, what are some of those roadblocks that, that were both hard at the time but have really changed you? Uh, well, I think being small... Um, being a small business is always something that I'm trying to show people how, how, you know, how they can be confident and that we're solid financially and making them reassured in our services and, and the kind of company we are. And, and I still do that today. I just, you know, I think that those were things that were, are important to all size companies. Yeah. But showing them that you're going to be in the business for a long time, that you're financially strong and that you're big enough, even though you're small, to handle whatever comes your way. Yeah. Well, and, th- and that would, you know, like you said, looking at a client that has 300,000 boxes, which is about a third of your, your current holdings, that's, that's obviously got to be a factor that comes into, into the conversation at some point. Sure, because you know it's going to grow your business 30% and yeah. they're going to worry, can you handle that? And you have the financial wherewithal to be able to do that and be a leader to execute that and hire the right people because there will be some hiring that will be done yeah. on a slow basis. Because, I mean, we all know when you have a 310,000 or even 150,000 box client, they, all the boxes don't come. Don't show day. up the first day, no. <laughs> it's, but, it's, it's about 88 a week. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, we would love it if they would deliver them every single day for the next, but we know that they'll come, you know, two or three loads a week if we're lucky. Yeah. And that's about what we, you know, we we do that now. So, so that's, you know, that was true when I started showing people that I know we're small, but we're really good at what we do and we're strong. And Hmm. I mean, I still prove that today when I which is why I try and bring people through our record centers and walk them through and so they could see the amount of boxes because I don't think most people picture what records management no. company looks like. No, that tour is such a big part of not only seeing what it looks like but also feeling the energy of your place, your environment, your people. Yeah, and the can-do attitude. Yeah. And it does. It makes all the difference. We always feel like when people leave... They understand the industry better, and hopefully they can compare us to someone else Yeah. and say, hey, you know, I, these guys are really, really like what they do, and they get the job done. Yeah. 
Well, that always, and, and it shows well, I think, when you kind of have the passion and spirit and energy about the, about your company that you do, which is so cool. You, you, oh, mentioned, you. you mentioned earlier your brother is, is now a big part of the business. Tell me, how, how is it to work with a sibling? You know, it's actually really fun, and I would say our strengths and our weaknesses are different. Yeah. So it's very nice because he's a very detail-oriented person, and I'm a really big picture person. And he's on the quieter side, and I'm on the loud side. So it kind of works out great. I mean, it works out really nicely. You're... I always look to him for kind of the thoughtful, like, because I know he's thinking about it in a different way. And yeah. we're also 12 years of age difference. So I like his take on things because it's different than my take would be sometimes. Right. So it's a nice collaboration. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And since and, you were here, we're both we were in the service center, so we decided that we love, we came, took ourselves out of our offices, and we'd sit in the service center every day, and we moved ourselves into cubicles. Oh, wow. Which well, has been really fun, which is how we started Yeah. almost 20 years ago. And it's nice to hear everything going on with our clients and pick up the phone and take orders and on days that we have time to do that, but just kind of be here and hear the general hubbub of the day. Well, what's really interesting about that is that's a model that Intel used that for a long time. Andy Grove, who was the president and CEO of, of Intel, used to sit in the cubicles with everybody else. It was just part of what he did. It was a it was a very interesting take when most CEOs tend to try and find the big corner office. He was right in there as a part of what was going on every day. That's very cool. A man that has been great to me in our business, every time I would go see him, he would be in his cubicle. He was the CEO of Molex, uh, Fred Crabiel. And I always thought, oh, my gosh, he's so amazing. He built a great business. It was originally a family business, and he took it to the next level. And I thought, I, gotta, that's, I want to do that. Yeah. I just think it's really nice. And uh, the Google offices in Chicago are like that, where you've yeah. got the – and I think that's – that's a really good thing, and that that helps the culture and the and the motivation of all of us. Yeah. Well, you are a seasoned veteran now, and uh, you know anyone who's built a business and has been around for twenty years doing it is someone that gained these stripes or or this honor. I think you're you're one of the veterans. If if somebody comes to you, a young woman comes to you. And she says, you know, I've watched you for a while. Uh, I, I really think I'd love to get into this business. What advice would you give her with what you know now? But if somebody was saying, I'm going to start a business, and what do you think? Should I? I, I would tell them to offer all the services right off the bat. You know, I was really slow, and I just did records management for a long time, and I added services as uh, people needed them. And I, I really am a believer of don't build it because they don't come. Right. <laughs> I think build it as they want it. But I think this, like the destruction business, I would have gotten into that sooner. You know, I always think it's important, and I and I wish I had done it more when our company was smaller. Was get in the vans and drive with the drivers more often. Hmm. I think that's a good thing, and seeing what they're doing, and then seeing the client from that angle too. I still try and do that with all of our clients. Go see them, but I see them, you know, in the conference room at their. I think it's really important to stay close to clients, and I've always tried to do that. Well, that, that I think... I don't, yeah. That, I think it's staying as close as you can to your clients is, is the name of the game. Yeah. Um, and getting to know them and just and having them be your friends and staying competitive with pricing and not being able to take... And I think you got to take risks. I mean, I was young and dumb, and I think that's a good thing. 
<laughs> be young and be dumb because cool things be happen. Be young and be dumb because if you're really smart, like most of my friends that were in business school at the time, you don't ever really start a business. <laughs> right, because you're too scared. Yeah. yeah. Be young and dumb. So I think I my, age, I my age helped. I yeah. mean, I think it was good that I was naive because if starting a business now would be, it's really hard and maybe even impossible. Yeah. Not in our industry. I think in any industry, I think you just got to be, you know, really careful. And yeah, and the world's gotten, you know, tougher as far as, you know, there were people, businesses were larger when I was, so I've seen people, things scale back. Hmm. And the economy hasn't helped. I mean, I don't think we ever had this bad economy. So yeah. Well, I I think I think what's so cool is you've got such an amazing story. I, I love your passion for it. I love your passion for the people around you, and to me, that's that's what's been such an amazing part of your success. So, thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you for taking the time to tell us your story and tell us about how you got there. And uh, I I oh, know. Oh, thank you, Tom. You're somebody I always enjoy talking with and love listening to all the people you have on the show. And I was honored to have you ask me. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thanks thanks again for being on the show, and uh, we'll catch up soon, and we'll keep watching where R4 is going to go in the future. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Another great week. Special thanks to Trisha. I, I love her style. I love what she's done. And as a serious industry veteran and obviously a very successful veteran in this industry, uh, she's she's done some really cool stuff. So I'm glad you got to hear her and meet her if you didn't already know her. If you're doing something interesting in your business, please let me know. I'd love to have you on the show. I'd like to remind you that this show is sponsored by my good friends over there at O'Neill Software. What I know is that the staff at O'Neill are committed to your ongoing records center success. From sales team to the management team, the technical support group, customer service people, uh, and and the research and development that O'Neill continues to do, they're all working to support your ongoing RIM service requirements and needs, not just today where you are, but where you're going to need to be in the future. And if you're interested in learning more, you can do so at O'NeillSoft.com. That's all for now. We'll be back next week with another great show. Have a great one. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the RIM Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.